It's about having a diverse, um, you know, leadership team, a diverse employee force, uh, which brings different experiences, different expertise to the table. And ultimately that will help you as an organization, as a company to become better. This is The Playbook. I'm the president of Audi America, Daniel Weisland, an amazing executive here to give us his playbook to success. Welcome to The Playbook, Daniel. Yeah, welcome, uh, David, and welcome to all the listeners and, and viewers on, on the screens or radio. You know, it's so amazing. I'm here on the stock exchange, and it's one of the last bastions of misogyny and the fact that there's no women here. And I have seen the automobile industry create great inclusion, great equity, especially at your company as well. And there's been so many changes over especially the last 10 years in the industry that I think the disruption has also caused for opportunity for inclusion and equality as well. What are some of the things that you've seen since you've been in the automobile industry so long from this disruption in the industry? What are some of the trends that you see uh, that are really impacted by these disruptions? Hmm. No, I think it's, it's very important uh, that as a brand, you're an inclusive brand and, and inclusivity has to be a foundation, I believe, of every, every brand, uh, ideally. And we have made some, some good progress uh, at Audi of America. 50% of my leadership team is actually female. Uh, so we have a, a nice mix, uh, which is probably in the automotive industry, not that common, uh, you know. Uh, but also here, uh, you know, it's not just about uh, the gender diversity. It's a lot more about it. It's about having a diverse um, you know, leadership team, a diverse employee force, uh, which brings different experiences, different expertise to the table. And ultimately that will help you as an organization, as a company, uh, you know, to become better because uh, you know, with, with all the different views, uh, um, you, know, you might make a, a better decisions. And I really do enjoy working in the, in the diverse uh, environment. Obviously I'm a German um, national working now in an American company. But also that, I think, uh, you know, brings a lot to the table. And ultimately, I think we're, we're global citizens anyhow. No matter what your passport says, uh, you know, our industry is, is so global these days with um, the digital world, with everything is connected. You know, I have meetings two o'clock in the morning, uh, sometimes at night. So all those things. Uh, and uh, for me, ultimately, it, it, you know, we have to work as one team. A diverse team brings more to the table. We challenge each other, uh, we debate, uh, and then ultimately we unify. And that uh, helped us moving forward uh, uh, in our business. And um, yeah, I enjoy that. And I think it's important. Well, it's definitely raised the bar for Americans to have the German engineering uh, that we've been able to learn from and to utilize and to unite the world, as you said, into a global economy. But I think there's no bigger pressing issue uh, that Audi seems to lead the way in, which is sustainability. Uh, the biggest emergence and trend, obviously, is uh, we are cleaning the air. We're creating more efficient vehicles, not just uh, consumer vehicles, but you know the major transport vehicles as well. And uh, the leading technology of Audi, the performance side of Audi, really have been cutting edge. Um, what are some of the things that are going on in sustainability uh, for your corporate agenda um, that's leading the way, as I see it, as a forefront uh, to sustainability and technology? Uh, climate change is a fact, and I think it's one of the biggest challenges 
of, of today and tomorrow. And I think it's our responsibility uh, to take care of our kids and our grandchildren. And I think that's uh, the biggest cause. And that's why we all need to contribute. And uh, we as Audi, we clearly said we want to shape the future, the, the, the future of a sustainable environment. And we were one of the first brands uh, joining the Paris uh, Climate Agreement. Um, and, uh, you know, with the Q4 launch, which will launch in the next uh, few months, uh, we will then have the largest electric portfolio of any automaker uh, uh, in, in America. So also here, we, we investing heavily and make sure that, you know, we have or provide electric mobility, which, which today the majority of customers already would be willing to jump on an electric car uh, versus an internal combustion engine car. It's still about infrastructure. It's still about offer of products and availability. Um, but uh, beyond just bringing cars to, to the market, I think it's also important as a company that you look beyond that. And for example, also last year, we introduced the intern, internal carbon uh, price program. Um, to also reduce CO2 emissions by, you know, you have to pay a certain kind of penalty if you travel uh, by air. So, you know, in the COVID, call it COVID environment, we did or learn a lot how to do things virtually. And by doing this, we all contribute. We ban plastic bottles, uh, we ban uh, or we try to avoid printouts in the office. So, yes, I might think small contributions, but if everybody is contributing, even in a small way, we will become a better planet and help a sustainable future for our kids uh, and, and grandchildren. And all those kids and grandkids are our customers of the future, which is always why we want to be kind to our future selves and do the right thing. And, you know, my mom used to have me study history um, and I hated it. You know, I would study Ben Franklin's autobiography, all types of historical events, world events. And I, you know, really asked my mom, why is that? And she said, because I want you to learn human nature. Uh, because human nature never changes, which is relative to the customer behavior. Uh, so over the last 18 months, I think, you know, I was talking with Deepak Chopra and talking about for the first time on earth, every single person on earth for, at one time was concerned about human existence. And I think that changed the customer's behavior. And I was hoping that you could share with us how you think customer behavior has changed uh, because of human nature, because of the circumstances with COVID and other things, how has the customer behavior changed over these last 18 months during COVID? I think in general, I mean, first of all, the customer uh, has to be in the center of everything we do. You know, uh, I always tell to our business partners, no customer, no business. Uh, but I don't think, <laughs> <Great line>. yeah. <laughs> if you run out of money, you're out of business and no customers, no business. I got it. <laughs> exactly. But I would not say, say that it has changed significantly. I think it did accelerate things we saw already pre the pandemic. Uh, you know, uh, we running more into a more digital world, you know, things happening in the digital way, uh, you know, more than they used to, uh, because we were not allowed even to a certain extent to go out and, and visit stores. Um, ultimately, I think the key is, is, is flexibility to deliver what the customer expects, when, where, and how. Um, and, and this flexibility, we also had to learn uh, uh, during COVID, um, you know, more than 80% of our dealers now deliver their car to your home. So also pick up your car for a service and bring it back. So things we launched during COVID, 
We have we also launched uh, um, Silver Car by Audi, kind of a mobility concept where we enable Audi customers or everybody uh, to rent a, an Audi at an Audi dealership at participating dealerships for a day, for two days, for a week, or whatever purpose they need. Because mobility is one of the basic needs we all have, and uh, we'll, we'll see an increase actually in individual mobility. And also this is basically something which was basically born uh, throughout uh, COVID and where we thought, okay, now we see really what customers expect and, and demand. And uh, we still have some room to, to grow there, but ultimately it's always about the customer. And if you don't put the customer in the center of everything we do, we will miss those opportunities. Um, and yes, COVID taught us uh, a lot of things, how we can do things better and put again, the customer in the center of, of our business because no customer, no business. Yeah, well, we are customers of yours. And once you become a customer and if you have four children like me with driver's license, uh, once they drive your Audi, now you're in trouble because everything else doesn't feel the same. And it, 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 I know a, that, yeah. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. Speaking of uh, the customer, you know, buying, I come from a marketing background in the sports world and really looking at buying experience and how it changes in every industry. I don't think there's any industry. I, I bought one of the first cars online in the 90s. Uh, I bought a car on the internet and I've worked in the internet since 92. Uh, you know, most people, if I told them that the majority of callers would be bought somehow through the internet, uh, you know, they would have said that's impossible. Um, more mattresses, I think, are bought in person than in cars. Uh, what does the customer um, buying experience look like in the future? Uh, for, for Audi customers. Yeah, I, I guess coming back to you, you probably bought a used car, didn't you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for used cars, actually, it's already common practice. Uh, uh, we, we see it uh, not just here in the United States, we, we see it around the globe. On new cars, you're right, it's, it's something which has developed over the last few years and will continue to develop. But also here, what we experience that most customers start their process online but still prefer to see the car before they purchase it, uh, prefer to pick up the car in person and experience it. Because one thing we should not forget, a car is usually the second biggest investment you do as a customer after purchasing a house or a, a, you know, a condo. And um, therefore, most customers don't really go all in from, you know, configuring or looking for a car uh, online and really do the whole purchase process completely online. Nevertheless, we need to have the flexibility again to enable whatever the customer wants, uh, starting online, maybe go into the store, maybe finish online again. Um, this flexibility, this omni-channel approach is important uh, for the future um, more than ever, I would say. And that's where we are prepared together with our dealer partners to exactly offer, again, what the customer needs, when, how, and where. And a quick note to that, you know, I do a lot in the AR, VR space and companies like Black Box, where you can actually get a full workout in integrating the actual, do you see or foresee in the future being able to provide some of that look, feel experience through virtual reality for car companies? Do you see that happening? To a certain extent, yes, and we do that already. Is that we, you know, for example, videos uh, where you explain customers how certain functionalities work on your car. Uh, also, e even on the uh, on the service side, where you basically do your video 
uh, uh, run around with the technician and he explains uh, what's going on in your car. But, but again, like it, uh, to buy a new car is not something purchasing, you know, something small on, you know, on the internet. Uh, most people still want to drive, feel, touch, and even smell the car before they say, okay, I'll, I'll purchase this Audi for 50,000, 400, or even $150,000. Um, and I still believe for the majority, that's still how we're going to sell cars in, uh, in the future. But the process, uh, is, is, is changing significantly. And, you know, looking at transportation in general, we talked about the globalization of the world economy, of the world culture, which I believe to be a great thing. Transportation uh, is changing as well, but on a global scale, what are some of the predictions that you have? You've been, you know, so seasoned and experienced as such a great leader in the industry. What are some predictions of mobility? Does it go off the ground? What, what do you see coming for us in the next few decades? Uh, yeah, talking about the next few decades is, is difficult. Uh, talking about the, the current decade until 2030 is already sometimes challenging. Uh, for us, it's, it's clear our future is electric and Audi is all in. So uh, we will see uh, more and more electric products and we will see uh, uh, ICE vehicles disappear gradually. Uh, in certain states, sooner than later, and some maybe will still want to buy the ICE vehicle until the last minute they can do that. But definitely they will go away. Uh, um, I would say probably in the United States, 2035 is, is the end date of uh, ICE vehicles for, for everybody. Um, so the second one is, uh, you know, the future, it will become all more and more digital. So even our cars will, to a certain extent, will become software devices on wheels. Um, they will be fully connected uh, towards customers, towards their smartphone, towards the dealer, towards the OEM. So a lot of things will be will be able to do, and the customer will be able to do um, basically also online. And the third one, and it's probably the biggest game changer in the current decade, uh, and we're probably going to see that at the end of the decade is autonomous driving. And autonomous driving, I mean, really like level four, where we take we don't need a steering wheel necessarily anymore. The car drives you from A to B. Uh, in a comfortable, in a fast way, in a safe way. Um, and that's probably the biggest game changer I see uh, in the automotive industry. But again, we probably talk uh, probably a lot closer to 2030s and, uh, you know, 2022. And, you know, beyond the aspect of what's happening in the future, there's always been a consistent brand and culture within Audi, which is what I see as passion for perfection. Uh, you know, it's just this precise, passionate, perfect vehicle uh, that I've always experienced as a customer. And, but it seems like, you know, a lot of companies take uh, a bottom up approach, you know, they, they, they want to work on that mass level and you start at the top. And I know, for example, you started with the SkySphere concept and the premium luxury stuff that you do, which is heads beyond everyone else, but it trickles down, it seems into the highest quality, passionate, purposeful, precise vehicles for my 16-year-old daughter uh, that's in a whole different economic stratosphere uh, than the sky sphere. You know, why, you know, how important, number one, is that passion for everyone in the company? And then two, you know, why start at the top and work and let it trickle down that way? Yeah, I, I think it's important to inspire people, uh, to also motivate people, uh, but, but also to show what is possible. 
um, in the future. And again, if you talk about those, um, you know, concept vehicles, obviously that's something which is maybe, you know, a decade down the road. But if you don't start thinking about it today, it's not going to happen in 2030. Um, and that's why, you know, sometimes we need to push ourselves outside of our comfort zone and challenge things, what is possible. Even today, it might not be possible. Uh, and that's, that's the philosophy behind of those concept cars to really, you know, um, show what, what, what possibilities we see uh, going forward. And why do you start top down? I mean, uh, also here coming from a business perspective, it's always easier to start top down when you bring in some technology, which especially at the beginning costs a fortune. Uh, and if you want to bring it to market, it's easier if you bring it to, you know, the top, uh, you know, customers first, uh, when the technology is very expensive. And as we go and this technology is maybe accepted, is, is, uh, then maybe we see how we can scale it down towards, uh, to, you know, more affordable cars, uh, which everybody ideally could afford. Yeah, I will tell you, one of the luxuries of getting older is to be able to watch those concept cars at the auto show or CES and then someday be able to not only to drive it, but afford it yourself. That's one of the advantages of getting older. Uh, and I certainly appreciate what you guys have done. Thank you so much, Daniel Weisland, president of Audi America, for joining me 